It's time to get up and get going, South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. And welcome back in. It is the 8 o'clock hour on Monday. And that means whenever it is Monday and it's 8 o'clock, that means it's time to bring in Jax Blaine of New Bedford Light. Ready for this, Jack? I actually put the music in the computer now. With Jack Spillane of New Bedford Light. Good morning, Jack. How are you? Good morning. Good to hear Mick Jagger. It's been a couple of weeks since I heard him. Uh, yeah. Shining yeah. the light. Thanks for filling in for me last week while I was in Gettysburg. Boy, do I enjoy that. you you got great listeners and great callers. Um, don't always agree with all of them, but that's what makes the world go wrong. So many people came up to me at 50s night saying how much they enjoy the program and how much they love listening, but they all say, but I never call in. So I'm hoping that a lot of those folks will start calling in. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of folks down there. Fans of yours? Yes, so yes. That was nice I mean, chatting I with a couple everybody. of them, yeah. I had to, to, to do double duty that night. Um, I stopped over at BSM, and we also had the light. We had our, um, our Fine Arts Club, which is a great once a month um, where we have local artists, no nationally known artists, and they just auction off their, their goods, and they, they talk about what went into their paintings and their sculptures, and it's just a, a great thing. So I did double duty that night. And that's a big thing with New Bedford Light is supporting the local arts community. Yes, uh, the, the original art of Bobby, Bobby Rossner is an artist herself, and um, that was very important to her to um, establish. Um, and it was a, a way of us connecting with young people because a lot of artists are young, and um, so it's, it's been nothing but successful. And... and um, Check it out sometime, uh, uh, the New Bedford Fine Arts Club. It's usually on a Thursday, uh, uh, third Thursday of the month, I think. And you're, you know, where the New Bedford Light offices are, you're surrounded by these artists. Yeah, in Kilburn so Mill. You're seeing a lot of them, uh, you know, in action, seeing a lot of their work, and and uh, and and also the great coverage that you always have about the art scene. I think that's something that you know, New Bed- people talk about New Bedford's thriving art scene, but nobody was really covering it until the light stepped in and started doing that. Yeah. And, and it is a thriving art scene. In addition to Kilburn Mills, you have Hatch Street Studios. And uh, I'll put a plug in for Gallery X, which is right in my neighborhood. Um, Gallery X, I always call it the People's Studio because anybody can show there. And some great up-and-coming artists uh, are there. Uh, they have fascinating shows. Every, it changes every month. And I think they're just getting uh, through with one on from art from uh, outer space themes, which was really well done. Um so there's lots of stuff going on there at Gallery X. They just uh, rebuilt the the whole building thanks to the Community Preservation Act. Um, uh, gone over on William Street in downtown New Bedford and check it out. And uh, and I've got so many friends who have shown their work there and who have been part of, you know, the the art scene. And they they get recognition outside of New Bedford where it, it, it's having New Bedford artists as your title when you're representing yourself carries a lot of weight in the art world. Oh yeah, there, there are artists there who've, who've shown nationally, who've sold nationally. Um, I think of Michael Rogofsky, uh, a, a friend of mine that he has sold his work all over uh, the country and he shows there. So you get a variety of, of, of different um, artists and types and levels and that's that's why it's the People's Gallery. 
And uh, speaking of the people, uh, tonight there's going to be a licensing board meeting where they're going to decide whether or not to ban NIPS in the city of New Bedford. Other municipalities have put this out to the voters to decide. Uh, they, I know in Fairhaven they had a town meeting. Other towns have done it the same way. Um, why do you think that they're doing this through a licensing board action and not by putting it on as a ballot question? Well, I think, number one, because it sat on the city council's agenda for a year and a half and they never did anything with it. Um, uh, Appointments and briefings committee. I love Naomi Carney. I think she's one of the nicest people ever to come down the pike. But things in her committee go to die there. That's where the nomination of um, uh, uh, Carol Pimento and the um, Vogue Tech Board and and several other things have have gone to die. And now we we hear that this went an hour and a half ago. Maria Giesta, who was was on the station, um, counselor from Ward 2, explained that they had been waiting for the State Legislature Act to act. The state legislature was not going to act because there was a specific problem with nip bottles, and that's that they are made of plastic and that they're small. And so the current recycling machines that the state has do not separate them. They, they, they have no means of separating them out, not to mention that Massachusetts has gotten very um, passive about um, recycling as the markets have collapsed in China, and recycling is not as easy to do as it once was. Um, I did hear you say on the way in that um, you thought that lottery tickets were a bigger problem than nip bottles. I, I would disagree because of this, Tim. It's plastic, and plastic does not degrade. Paper does degrade. Now, the lottery tickets are coated with a, um, a shiny material that I think probably doesn't degrade. It's some sort of paint, but the paper will, will degrade. I mean, it's unsightly, but the plastic gets into the, the um, sewer drains. It gets into the ocean. It, it just does not degrade. The other thing about nip bottles I think is really a problem is that there are plenty of people, and I've had them come up to me since I wrote my column, that um, like to buy the nips to go to the beach for, for, for small occasions. There is a real problem with people who have alcoholism in nips. Let's, let's just face it. I live in the downtown. They, they go to those, those liquor stores. They can afford a bottle of nip where they, maybe they couldn't afford a fifth or a quart. And they buy that. And, and they, these are people whose lives are not well organized. You can talk about it being an illness. You can talk about it. They haven't taken responsibility for themselves. You can talk about it however you want to talk about it. They just flip the nips and it's a real problem. And, you know, I understand the, the business owners, you know, it's a, it's a big portion of their business, but we regulate everything in this country to good effect. We don't allow you to, to sell food that's bad for society. We don't allow you to sell cars that are dangerous. We don't allow you to um, sell clothing or toys or, 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 or virtually anything. You know, you know, just using the excuse that it's a big part of my business, I, I, you know, I think that you have to find creative ways to, to replace that business because uh, I, I, I was trying to think of what a solution that might work. And the only thing I come up with, maybe you return to bottles. Little, you know, when I was growing up, the nips were glass. Now, when I was growing up, there were two problems that you don't really have as much as you had when I was a kid, and that is dog poop on the sidewalks because nobody picked up after their dogs at that time, and glass, glass broken because everything was glass. It was before the invention of, of plastic post-World War II, which how old I am. And, you know, you had glass broken everywhere. So that that will probably come back, but at least glass degrades. Plastic does not. It's a real problem. So, because people want to throw these away, uh, you know, want to throw these on the ground rather than throw them away in the proper receptacles, we're going to punish the people that do use them responsibly. 
Yeah, it's not about punishing. It's about what's good for the whole of society. You know, we all would like to do certain things that, you know, I like to do this, you like to do that, but it hurts society. You can't do everything you would like to do. Um, well, I, the, I think saying nip bottles are hurting society is a bit of a stretch. Oh, it is not a stretch at all. Nip bottle, plastic is one of the biggest problems, not degrading that, that we face environmentally. But zeroing in on this one portion of the plastic problem that, that, instead of the plastic that's, problem that's, as a whole? That's the portion that, that, that doesn't get recycled. Um, in my column in, in, in the downtown, um, uh, by the way, it's not even a close issue. When it went to a vote in Fairhaven, it, it lost overwhelmingly and the business owners were there making the same case that they're making now. Uh, uh, the, the nip bottles... Uh, 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 I think they play a role in substance abuse. When Chelsea uh, uh, um, banned them, they, they immediately had far less problems with street people in the downtown. People have been searching for a way to uh, to, to, to deal with that. But I, I, I think that that just trying to equate nips with um, other types of litter, it's it, it's 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 not that. It's it plastic is a is a special problem in the environment. And, and, and personally, I think water bottles are a problem too. Uh, I, I don't know what the um, uh, solution to, to that is, but I, I, I think well, that... And the, sometimes they ban them outright, single-use water bottles. Yeah, I, I think that there's a, there's a rationale for that. The other, the other thing is that um, uh, we have recycling for alcoholic cans and soda cans, and they're all over the place too. Um, I would say that they're not quite as much as nips, but, but when I did my column and if you look at it i'll plug the new bedford light I, we must have run 15 20 photos that i just collected in a couple of hours in the downtown and on Kushnet avenue in the, in the north end they're everywhere and i think there's a reason the legislature has sat on this for the couple of years that it's been on the new bedford city council um agenda is it, because it's not an easy problem to solve and that's why cities and towns whether it's chelsea fairhaven uh, I think Dartmouth can't be far behind, have, have, have banned these things. But I think like everything else, when you have a problem in the city, the central city tends to have exponentially a worse problem than, than other places. And the bottle and can recycling is a whole different issue because they've, now that they've tried to get that process to be, you know, automated or you go in and feed the machines as opposed to people taking them, the machines never work right. They're harder and harder to find. So yeah, it's I, becoming I, less convenient I, I, for so people to do So this column it. that I wrote about, about NIPS, I had more reaction to it than anything I've written in the last three or four months. And, and people, I, I don't know, Maybe I, I, I did get a couple of people who were opposed to it, but the overwhelming majority were people who are opposed to NIPS. Well, let's uh, take some phone calls here. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're on with Jack Spillane. Good morning. What's up, John? Uh, hey, John. Hey, what's going on, Jack? Um, I, I'm just curious when, um, you know, Massachusetts as a whole is going to eventually realize that Banning a product isn't helping anybody. It's not helping Massachusetts. It's not helping. It's it's literally driving people to go to other states, other cities, other towns, and to get what they need. They 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 did it with the menthol. They did it with the the, the, the flavored um, flavored tobacco products. They did it with everything. The the flavored uh, vapes, and now they're turning and doing it with you know the nips. You know it's it's not going to happen. I, have, I live on a street that is adjacent to New Bedford. So I live on the water in Fairhaven. 
okay? And right across the bay is New Bedford, the north end, okay? Every time I go down there with my dogs, okay, dips, plastic bottles, trash, trash like McDonald's cups, uh, anything that's plastic. Right, and they're making their way into the water, John. It washes right up. Tim, I've sent you pictures on uh, uh, through your uh, email. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, and and, and it's uh, it's un- it's unbelievable. Every night I'm waiting for a dead body to wash up on shore. It's just, I mean, it, it's it's every night I go down there with my wife and we're looking every night, and it's like, look at all this trash, and it and it gets picked up every once in a while. You know what I mean? I, I've you know I, I'm getting to a point now where I'm just going to stick a couple of trash barrels down there, and you know. If, I'm just going to, hey, every night when I go down there, just try to pick up a little bit here and there because it's, it's getting to a point where it's like, wow. You know what I mean? Like, these, this is nuts. But um, At Custom House like Square I, in the downtown, I would see nip bottles literally like 10, 20 feet from the, the garbage receptacle. People could not be bothered to, to, to go 10, 15 feet. Yeah. What, what, what boggles my mind, though, Jack, is how are these nip bottles and how is everything else getting into the waterways and getting washed up on shore. No, How they, is it? How, they wash into the storm who, who, drains. John, do you ever go to the New Bedford Light website? Plug, plug. Um, uh, I have photos of them in the storm drains. Uh, oh, there's probably thousands Just in downtown New, yeah. New Bedford, yeah. Well, I'm going to hold you there just because we got some other All callers, right, but thank yeah. you for the call. And uh, let's go and take this call next. You're next on WBSM with Jack Spillane. Good morning, and Tim. And Gilly Satiolis. Good morning, Gilly. Hi, Gilly. Good morning. I was just going, since you're both on the, on the radio today, I was just calling to, I showed you the pictures, Tim, about the city council meeting and the room and the commotion that Linda Morris started again. Mm-hmm. So you've seen the pictures. I mean, her house... She said, this is her house. There were people sitting on the floor. She took benches out. You know what I mean? They called the cops, and the cops, even the sergeant told the other cop, don't call me no more. I know. You told us this already, Gilly. Do you have a new, fresh point to make on it? But, the, you know, that, 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 taking all those benches out, people can't sit there. She's running it like a Gestapo. That's all. All right. Well, thank you for the call. Just didn't you, Tim? I showed you the pictures. I did. You did. You showed me them. I saw them. Something's got to be done. Somebody's got to hold her accountable. And the people that can hold her accountable is the other city councils. So somebody's got to move. It's election time. Put some new people in there. All right. Thank you for the call. Bye. Have a good day. And uh, so we have room for you at 508-996-0500. But I got to take a break. We'll be back in just a few moments. It's time to get up and get going, South Coast. It's time. We are back with Jack Spillane as we are turning on the light, 508-996-0500. Callers, if we don't get to you before the news, we will get to you after the news, so don't worry about that, but let's go right back to the phones. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Good morning, Tim. Good morning, Jack. How are you doing this morning? Hey. How are you, Tom? Tom Kennedy. Yeah, I have a question. Um, in the event Linda Morad doesn't run for mayor, who's the odds-on favorite to come in second out of the remaining uh, people that have decided to run? I don't know anything I mean, about any of them. 
so, Tommy, are you asking of the incumbents or the challenges? Because we have some strong challenges this year. The, the challenge for mayor. Oh, the challenge I'm, for mayor. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm a supporter of the mayor, and I'm wondering who's the odds-on favorite as far as the challenges. We haven't heard any of the names yet. You guys well, haven't. From, from what I know, it oh, might be, it might be Michael Jansen. It might be Michael Jansen. His name is the, the best known. There are uh, some Latino names, a couple of Latino names. There is... Um, I, you know, in all honesty, there were six of them, Tom, and I did not recognize any of them. And, you know, I, I think I probably follow it more closely than a lot of people. So, And I've got to think not all six of them will return their papers. But here's here's the list of people who are running. Give me one second. Uh, Nathan Almeida, Evan Zeidenberg, Ryan Duart, Michael Jansen, Xavier Cardona, and Jesse Soares. Wow. Okay. Well, as a supporter of the mayor, I, I think he deserves another term. Uh, I was hoping that, you know, there, there'd at least be some excitement uh, in the primary, but that doesn't look like it's going to happen. Yeah. There may be. Uh, I mean, there's still time. Tom, yeah. your, your ear is pretty close to the ground. Uh, for a while, I was hearing that Scott Lang might run it. Have you been hearing anything like that? I have not heard that. Nope. Yeah. I, I, I've heard that he's he's decided against it, but I could be wrong. But Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, I just wanted to find out. Okay, those are the names. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Thank you. That's it. Bye. And uh, let's squeeze in another one here. Good morning. You're next on WBSM with Jack Spillane. Oh, hold on. Now you're on the air. My fault. Good Hello. Morning. There you are. Hi. How are you? All right. What's on your mind? Um, about the litter downtown or in different areas of the city. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the nip bottles, I don't understand why you just can't put more... Um, metal garbage barrels along the, the areas downtown and and have the DPW or DPI just monitor or clean up the areas. There's plenty of money for that, is there not? I'll tell you, when I went down to take photos of the nips in the downtown, and as I said, they weren't hard to find, the barrels, this was a Tuesday morning, about 7.30, the barrels were full to overflowing. Yeah. Um, and uh, I called the city and they said they, they empty them every day. In the summertime, mm. at the at, at yeah. a downtown park like that, so if they, you could put more barrels out there. Everything is a cost, of course. If you have more barrels, you need more people to empty them, because you know the the, the guys that do that, they're working full time now. I assume yeah. that they're not sitting around, and so if you're going to add a bunch of more barrels, it's going to you know Maria Jester talked about this the other day. In all honesty, I saw a lot of places in the North End and other parts of the downtown where the barrels were empty and people right. were still throwing the nips on the ground because I think you're dealing with a population whose lives are not well organized. They're in the, the grip of substance abuse and they're, they're drinking those nips and just well, fling when, them. When they're, when they're done with the thrill of the, of the bottle, they just toss it. You know, it doesn't matter to them anymore. They just throw it on the ground. Yeah. But um, there's going to be some money. There must be some money in the budget just to empty barrels every, every other day put a couple extra barrels. And the police officers that walk around downtown, they can't monitor and tell the, the people, educate the people that are throwing the bottles on the ground, pick it up or you'll get a fine. Isn't, isn't there a fine, an ordinance in New Bedford for throwing litter on you'd the ground? To, you'd have to see somebody do it. Yeah, but they have police officers walking around, don't they, around the bus station? And that's where a lot of that's occurring. I mean, sir, this just sounds like a pretty simple solution. Sir, I mean, sir, sir, do you really think that a police officer can see every single person that's throwing nips in the downtown or even, no, e- even no, like a... No, but if there's barrels and if you go around educating the fellows down there, I mean, I'm sure there'd be more than yeah. willing just because they're he, walking around just throw it in a barrel. Here's a solution I threw out there, 
um, maybe the, the, the state does allow a local option tax and, um, yeah. you know, maybe they could have that tax and devote it to more barrels. The city sure, can't afford absolutely. the more barrels on itself, but it's not right. an easy solution. It, I, I got to just hold you there, caller, but thank you for the call. We have to go into the newsroom, so that's why. Thank um, you. But we will take more phone calls on the other side of the news, 508-996-0500. But now let's get all the big stories of the day with Adam Bass. Israel's parliament is meeting today for a vote on a controversial overhaul of the judicial system pushed by Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. Netanyahu was released from the hospital today after being fitted with a pacemaker over the weekend. Protesters are out in the streets again today in Jerusalem and Tel Aviv, with some chaining themselves outside of the Israeli parliament building. There's new legislation in New York City Council that would legalize jaywalking. Scott Pringle reports. Councilwoman Mercedes Narcisse is sponsoring legislation that would allow pedestrians to legally cross streets at any area they want outside the crosswalk. Council members in favor say this will end bias enforcement by cops against blacks and Latinos for jaywalking. Critics say the bill would go against Vision Zero measures aimed at reducing traffic fatalities in New York City. Scott Pringle, NBC News Radio, New York. The man accused of attacking a pizza chef with lighter fluid at a pizzeria in Thousand Oaks, California, is out of jail. Court and jail records show the 61-year-old man was released on Friday night without having to post bail. He was allowed to leave after pleading not guilty to five felony charges. On June 25th, the man allegedly walked into the kitchen area of the pizzeria, threw lighter fluid on an employee, and then chased him outside with a kitchen knife. A bystander intervened and held the suspect down after he too was doused in lighter fluid. Investigators say the attacks were completely unprovoked. Republican presidential hopeful Chris Christie is criticizing Florida governor and GOP primary opponent Ron DeSantis for not taking responsibility for a new school curriculum enacted in the Sunshine State. You know, look, Governor DeSantis started this fire with the bill that he signed, and now he doesn't want to take responsibility for whatever is done um, in the aftermath of it. Speaking on CBS's Face the Nation, Christie took issue with a clip of DeSantis saying he wasn't involved in the decision of, about the curriculum, but agreed with the premise that slaves gained skills that they could use later in life. Christie said DeSantis' claims that he wasn't involved in the decision are not words of leadership. Christie also disputed the Florida governor's lack of involvement, saying he started pushing the issue when he decided to run for president. President Biden will be designating a new national monument in Chicago to honor Emmett Till and his mother. The 14-year-old African-American from Chicago was kidnapped, beaten, and brutally murdered in Mississippi in 1955 by white supremacists. Biden will sign a proclamation tomorrow on what would have been Till's 82nd birthday to establish the Emmett Till and Mammy Till Mobley National Monument at three sites. They include two locations in Mississippi and one in Chicago's Bronzeville neighborhood at the same church where Till's funeral was held. And a group of and a group of described as the most world's largest African-American motorcycle club is holding its annual convention in Tampa, Florida this week. Kenneth Thomas, a former police officer, founded the Buffalo Soldiers and Troopers Motorcycle Club in 1987. The, the name Buffalo Soldiers, uh, the history behind it, uh, we honor the 9th and 10th Cavalry. Uh, that's the reason why I uh, started this club. The club is heavily involved in charity work. They'll be donating supplies to a homeless shelter and backpacks to school children. They're also taking 40 kids to Bush Gardens.
In sports, the Red Sox hammered out a 6-1 win against the Mets last night. The Sox will host the Braves tomorrow at Fenway Park. First pitch at 7-10 p.m. And now here's your ABC6 local weather forecast. Expect a mixture of sun and clouds as we head through the day with a high reaching of about 83 degrees, but it is going to be humid today. Overnight tonight, we're going to see partly cloudy skies and humid still with a low of 70 degrees. And for your Tuesday, sunshine with increasing clouds. That humidity is hanging with us for the week. We do have a 20% chance of a spot shower possible. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Skylar Spindler on New Bedford's Newstalk Station, 1420 WBSM. It is currently 75 degrees right now in New Bedford. I'm Adam Bass, WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's news talk station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts and podcasts with the WBSM app. Think of it as breakfast for your mind. Back to the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. And welcome back in. We are turning on the light with Jack Spillane of New Bedford Light. And we are taking your phone calls at 508-996-0500. You can also hit us up on App Chat on the WBSM app. Or you can send us open line voicemails on the WBSM app as well. Uh, we were talking before with one of the callers, with Tom, about the mayoral race. Uh, as I mentioned, so I had Linda Morad on Friday. I have the city council president every Friday with a different counselor and when she came on, I asked her, you know, what her thoughts were about Mayor Mitchell running again and if she planned on, on running for mayor. And she said her intention is to run for counselor at large. And I said, so that means you're not running for mayor. And she qu- quickly corrected me and said, I didn't say that. A lot can happen in the time that's left before the, the papers have to be turned in. So I don't know why, if you're not going to run, if you're counsel, and, and Councillor Gomes told me the same thing. He said, everything is on the table. So I don't know if you're not going to run, why you wouldn't just say, no, I'm not going to run. Yeah, I don't know who is advising Linda and Brian that this is a good approach. Um, and the mayor, too, wait until the last minute. I think that um, uh, people do have trouble making up their mind. I mean, Linda, I think it was two years ago, maybe it was four years ago, she took out papers for three different races. What one mayor in, in at large. Uh, that, that just looks a little political to me. It looks looks like a real politician wh- weighing the options. Um, Brian had the thing where he took out Mayor Ian at large and didn't get to the office in time to withdraw for for um, the mayor's race. Uh, it looked to me like he was trying to see how, how much support he had uh, in the primary. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, it's a free country. You're, you're, you're able to do what you want. Politicians like to keep their options open. The mayor did it. And in New Bedford, you can be on the yeah. ballot in multiple races. Yeah. No, no. You no, no, you can take out papers for multiple races. You can't be on the ballot multiple races for the I think you can only be the on the ballot for one race. I could okay. be wrong. But my understanding, I have to go back and look at those stories, is that you can take out the papers, but you can... No, you can take out papers anywhere for, yeah. I would assume. And you can, but I, I thought you only could run for one race at a time, but okay, I, I might be, be wrong. I might be mistaken, too. Uh, so with that said, though, those, you know, might be the only possible you know, name recognition challengers that emerge out of the woodwork. As you said, you know, Scott Lang probably isn't going to run, but if if he did decide to, he could certainly get the signatures that yeah. he needed in the time that's left. Yeah. There was a, a young man from a Junior Achievement, I think it was, a few years ago, Jeff Pelletier, if I'm remembering his name correctly, I could have that wrong. I have everything wrong this morning. But uh, he was a serious person that considered running for mayor and then decided, I think he took out papers for one day and then changed his mind in one day. That's, that's how intense the political pressure can get very quickly. Um, 
So it, it's very interesting. This, it's not that there isn't dissatisfaction with Mayor Mitchell. I think there is. Um, whether that's dissatisfaction enough to dislodge an incumbent mayor, which is a hard thing to do, is another question. I think overall he's been a good mayor. I think that he's been mayor a long time. He probably wants to see these wind turbines, you know, that part of his legacy through. But he, he, he alluded it to himself that he may be beginning to, you know, lose interest. And in I think he said he had to ask himself, could he commit himself 100% to the job? Well, when you're running in the early days for a first term, I don't think you have to ask yourself that. You are 100% interested in the job. So I, I think, you know, the time for his mayorship seems like it's coming to an end, but well, um, but it doesn't seem like it's right yet, now yet. The, the, the general consensus seems to be that he's not going to run again after this. Well, that was the consensus last year, last time too. And, and early in his term, he said things that I, I can remember being at a meeting where he said, I don't think anybody can see me as being mayor much more than four years, like, you know, which would be two terms. And now he's been mayor for 12 years. So uh, there's been much speculation that he hasn't been able to move up. Uh, maybe the opportunity hasn't been there. I don't know what the answer to that question I, is. I think he'll be in a different position in his personal life four years from now, too, when you consider how his children will be older and he'll have less, you know, fatherly responsibilities to have to deal with, you know, each and every day in addition to his political responsibilities. I think that might make it easier to, to try to move up four years from now as opposed to doing it now. Yeah. And they may open, in the next four years, a congressional seat may open up. Bill Keating has said that he doesn't anticipate being a congressman for the entire 10 years of this redistricting cycle, which we're now two years into it. So we'll see. I can see Mitchell running for Congress. Uh, that seems to be one of the reasons why he wanted to Bedford and Fall River in the same district. So, Well, uh, why don't we take our next break here? 508-996-0500. If you want to call in and chime in or hit us up on App Chat on the WBSM app, we'll be back in just a few moments. All right. Welcome back. We are turning on the light with Jack Spillane of New Bedford Light. And uh, if you want to call in 508-996-0500 or hit us up on App Chat on the WBSM app. So I want to get your take, Jack, on the way that the police department handled the situation with the shooting of Detective Gilbert. I I brought this up earlier in the week where, or early last week, where we had a, they had a press conference where they brought out everybody and they talked about this. And a lot of the comments that I saw from people on social media was, well, well they, they can do this when it's a police officer who shot but they don't do this when there's other murders that happen in the city. When there's murders that happen in the city, rather, they don't stand up and, and, and answer questions before the media. I think there's something to be said for the fact that, well, this is a police officer being shot, so that's a different situation. But also, that has been a long-time criticism of this administration, both the mayoral administration and how the police department is run, of not standing before the media and answering these questions. Yeah, I... I I have generally been happy with the way the police department um, handled this. Uh, I do think that when a police officer is shot, especially in a gang-type incident, whether it was crossfire or just one-side shooting, it was a very worrisome situation for the city. Uh, people have a lot of questions. Um, I think sometimes when it's murders between bad guys, and I don't mean that people are ultimately bad, but people who are doing wrong and other people who are doing wrong, there is less interest in... Um, people doing wrong, killing each other. Now, maybe all human beings have worth and we should 
respect all that, but I think a police officer in the line of duty, because he was in the line of duty, um, I think it's a different thing. I, I, I will say that I'm glad that they did not run a photo of this officer, and there's been very little... Um, you know, I think the media has respected that if this guy's going to continue to be a detective, right. he needs to continue to have some anonymity. And so, uh, although even his name being out there um, decreases that a little bit. but Well, I had, I had actually asked for a photo, and when I was told that that would, that would um, inhibit him from being able to do undercover work in the future, yes. that kind of answered the question that, that I had of me. would he be going yeah. back to undercover work. Yeah, I think work. we in the media might have explained that a little better, but... but, but um, so I, I think that, you know, I have to c praise them for catching this guy quickly. Uh, I don't know whether he was the guy who shot up, who showed up at St. Luke's with a foot injury that night or, or someone connected to him. It seems like they have other people they want to get. But the concerns that people who live in Goulart Square in that part of the South End that, you know, gangs are, are running amok, I think, are, have largely been quieted by the good performance of the New Bedford Police Department. And Lord knows I, I criticized the New Bedford Police Department on any number of occasions, but I think that they've done a pretty good job here. And, and I think what you had here too was you had an all-out approach from law enforcement, not just New Bedford Police, the state police, ATF was involved. So they really made sure that they cracked down on this quickly. And I think part of that is so that no other gang members get any ideas. Yeah. Of, you know, they said this, this was not somebody being targeted, but you also don't want to make it look like you would be an easy target. But but the fact that people are shooting at each other in Gulat Square, even if they're not targeting a police officer... At 8.45 p.m. At 8.45, which is just barely dark, um, uh, that's that's pretty worrisome. And so this was a serious incident. The, the New Bedford Police Department treated it as if it was a serious incident. And as far as I can see, now we may find out later... There's other things we don't know, but as far as I can see, they did a good job. And I think that what you are seeing here, you know, I think the reason why they had this response was for that very reason. They didn't want people to feel like, A, a police officer was targeted because that just makes people concerned that there's going to be anarchy in the city. And also, you know, proving that there is no threat. And that, that phrase, you know, there's no threat to the general public, that took a little bit of a beating too because whenever you have gangs shooting at each other, of course there's a threat to the general public. Sure, that, that was a little bit overstated, I thought. We did have an incident a few years ago where a police officer's home was shot at mm -hmm. um, in a housing department and they were far less, um, uh, I think, effusive in their dispensing of information in that case than they were in this case. So, uh, again, if I remember correctly, that case, they were not targeting the officer either. Let's, uh, let's take a quick phone call here before we got to take a break. Good morning. You were on with Jack Spillane. Hello, you're on yeah, the air. The, the, the belief that this man was an undercover officer is is absurd because everybody knows who this officer is. He's very active in, in all the neighborhoods, and all the young kids know him. So the, the, the fact that they're reporting that he's an undercover officer is absurd. That's what you take away from the situation? No, that's the facts of the situation. But you... you, you you're hung up on the fact that they're saying that he's undercover when he's not, as opposed he's to the not. fact that he was shot in the face. He's not. Well, he's not, well, though. But just, but yeah, he was shot in the face. People get shot in New Bedford every day. And, and like you said, the response when somebody else gets shot in this city is nothing like that. These young kids get killed in this city every day, and the response is nothing like that. 
Well, as I as I said, he's a police officer, and and I think sometimes there is, you know, some more level of concern for a police so, officer than so, people so who the are. So, a police officer's life is more valuable than a sixteen-year-old no, and an eighteen-year-old no, who I, gets I, shot and killed in these streets in New Bedford all the time. No, I didn't say that, sir. But there's more but questions. That's, that's what you're alluding to. No, no, I'm I'm saying that people who are engaged in wrongdoing, the public understandably has a little bit less interest and and concern. Than a police officer, I do think I do agree with you that if he is not undercover and everybody knows who he is because he is, um, he is out, you know, being straightforward that he's a police officer with the youth in the neighborhood, they shouldn't be saying he's undercover if he's not undercover. And if he is undercover yeah. and and he, and he talks to the kids and everybody knows who he is, then he's not that undercover. He's not, I guess. Yeah. And then 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 the belief that it's 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 gang involved, like where where is that coming from? Well, that, that comes from the police department. They said, "Yeah, see, the, the police department like likes to play these things up. Loves to play these things up. Like, why would why would the police department that's under the control of the mayor who wants to admit that who want, wants to try to portray that there is no gang problem in New Bedford? Why would the police department then try to play up a gang situation? Because they get money. They so, get more money. They get more funds. So you think a non-gang person is, is shooting into the street at eight forty-five p.m. in Gulat Square? Non-gang people commit mass shootings every day in this country. This, this but in New Bedford, in, in, in New, okay, it, it's, it, it's an individual shooting, but everything in New Bedford relates to gangs, gangs, gangs. Not everybody who commits crimes in New Bedford is in a gang. Well, this was not a mass shooting. In, in, I know in, it wasn't. This, this, I know this, it wasn't, but you said that somebody doing a shooting in Gulag Park is not gang related. What gangs are in Gulag? Well, I'm I'm just trying to think of of who who shoots, you know, in the middle of the street at eight forty five p.m. And this is an officer who is there specifically to monitor gangs, according to the police department. He's there for that purpose. And then the police department also said it was gang activity. So uh, if you have no confidence at all, I mean, I, I've been a, a frequent critic of the police department, but I, I do have some confidence in them. It sounds like you have zero confidence in them. None, because I know I know police lie on a constant basis in that city to make cases and make arrests. So, yeah, they'll upplay things in order to paint a picture and control a narrative that is not even correct. Can, can, I, can I ask you, did it happen to you? Yeah, it's happened to me. Hey, I'll, I'll, I'll give you an incident. Somebody got shot on, on uh, the 4th of July, was a victim. When that young man got to the hospital with a bullet hole from the front side of his body through his hip and out his back, the police treated him like he did something wrong. And because he told them he didn't know who shot them, the area where he got shot in his leg, one of them gang officers grabbed his leg that he was shot in and threw his leg in an awkward manner, causing more pain, and then and then tried to get a nurse to do a cavity search on him, and he's the victim. How come these things ain't being reported? All right, well, i got to hold you there just because i got to take a break, but thank you for the call. I do have to squeeze in this last break here, and I don't want to run short of time. If we have time on the other side to take a call, we will. We'll be back in just a few moments. And that'll just about do it. Jack, thanks for coming in. Anything you want to preview in the 20 seconds we have left? I got something I'm working on, but I think we'll probably be sticking with the nips uh, uh, for a while uh, with the big meeting. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. 
At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.